right, turn over to 1 Peter 2.5. I'm going to talk fast, quick, maybe, maybe not. Who knows? And uh, 1 Peter 2.5 describes you guys as rocks. Now, that's not very complimentary, is it? But we're going to talk a little bit about it. You can turn to somebody around you and say, I knew you were a hardhead. He's just confirming it. And uh, <clears throat> the Bible calls us many things. Farmers, warriors, sheep, the bride, the body. But one of them is stones. But let's read this. First Peter 2, 5 says, You also, like... <clears throat> I'm still battling... Uh, a cough here, so I may have to get water every once in a while. You also like living stones. So i got to make sure I keep my voice down or else get out of control. You also like living stones. What does that mean, living stones? That means you're not dead. You're alive. Why is he calling you stones? Because of what it says next. You are being built into a spiritual house. To be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God. <clears throat> so that that's a, a big mouthful there. But what he's doing is he's saying, I am placing you in a certain places with certain people. Doing certain things that you together bring me glory and honor and bring what it means by sacrifices is uh, uh, when you live your life for me, that's a sacrifice. In the Old Testament, we sacrificed animals. Aren't you glad you didn't have to bring your perfect lamb in here and be sacrificed for your sins? You can do 1 John 1, 9, confess your sins, and He is faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. And so when you come in here and you give your life to the Lord, say, Lord, I want to live my life the best I know how. That is a sacrifice to Him. And then He starts placing you with other people in the right place at the right time. Do you realize you don't get to choose who you hang out with? You do, but if you listen to the Lord, He's going to start saying, I want you to hang out at this church, out here at RC Family or First Baptist Family or wherever He puts you. We don't think that way, do we? Well, we go where there's the best programs and the best needs. Well, you can do that, but you're not listening to Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit says, you are a stone, and I am building you into a wall, a temple, so to speak. It's metaphorical. It's not a real temple. But each of you are stones in here. And together, we're building a wall that is bringing glory to God. Is that too deep of a concept? Now, this is an old concept. If you want to, turn with me to Hebrews 11, verse 8. There was a great patriarch of the faith. His name was Abraham. You might have heard of him. He was a man of God. He was filthy rich. Had palaces. And the Lord... Well, let me just read this. By faith, Abraham... When he was called, obeyed by going out to a place which he was to receive for an inheritance. Alright, he was a prince in a uh, secular society. And he was filthy rich. The Lord said, leave all of that. And it says in verse 10, Hebrews 11.10, Leave, look for a city which has its foundations, its architect and builder as God. So he went out looking for another city 
than the one he was in. I don't know if he knew it right away or if it started dawning on him. He's saying, this city, I'm not building out of real stones. I'm building out of living stones, people. Later we know that he gets a... The the Lord promises him and says, you're going to have an inheritance of people as big as the as as large as there are stars in the sky. I think by then he realized, okay, he's not building a physical city. He's building a city out of people who know how to ride a line with one another, who knows their place, who knows their place with God. And you are those stars right now. He didn't see your name, I don't think, 5,000 years ago. But you are that star. And the Lord says you're a living stone. And He's making you into something awesome. And He's making us together into something even more awesome. The awesomeness comes by following God. And the awesome, even more awesome comes by hanging out with each other. Well, I don't like each other. I don't like some of these people. Well, did you get to pick your mother, father, brother, sister? But you had to figure out how to get along with them. It's the same with your spiritual family. You don't get to pick your spiritual family. But just as you, some of you might have gone to Thanksgiving dinner with some cranky uncle, and you go, oh my gosh, it's that time of the year. i got to hear the same old stories I heard last year. You all looking at me like mine's the only family that does that. And so, but you press through, and in the end, you're glad, you work through it, and you're going to be there for each other, hopefully, if you have to. Sometimes your spiritual family is going to be closer than your physical family. This is your spiritual family. And as you get to know each other, there'll be cranky uncles in here, and acid aunts in here, and and everything else. But in the end, they're going to be there when you need them. That is building a wall. Now, well, let me do one more verse. Uh, Revelation 21, verse 2. And then we're going to jump into... This is at the end of time. It's Revelation. One chapter before Jesus Christ comes back. Somewhere in the future. And I saw the holy city. This is uh, John, the prophet. He saw the holy city. Well, which city is it? It's the same city prophesied to Abraham. God doesn't forget His his promises to you like He didn't forget Sean's promise. I'm trying to keep my voice from uh, coughing. Sean's promise of going into hospitals. He might not have even thought about it regularly. God keeps the same theme. He calls out Abraham and says, I'm going to show you a city and it's going to be made up of people that is as numerous as the stars. That's you. He's building the city now. And here we are, one chapter before Jesus Christ comes back. And he says, this is Peter, I mean, uh, John. He says, and I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem. Well, what is this? This is the city he's been building of you and me. So you are his greatest creation. Sure, we minister. He preached last week. I preached this week. He fed the poor. He did the thing down at Gordon. That's cool. 
But you know what's even cooler? Is when God looks at you and goes, that's my child. They look like me. And I enjoy hanging around them. And I enjoy them preaching, doing, singing. And I enjoy them being in the right place. But I enjoy just hanging with my family and seeing what's being built. (coughs) And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, made ready as a bride. That's another metaphor, which we're not going to get into today. So you can turn to the men around you and go, you look great in a wedding dress. He's not going to make you wear a wedding dress. It's all right. Adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is among men. Tabernacle, temple. Remember, it's all the same word. Tabernacle is just a fancy temple. It's a fancy city. It's among men. It's among men. It's among men. What He's doing in your life is not just trying to get you to act right. He's going, I know what you look like in heaven before you came and that that sperm and that egg came together. And I'm restoring you to that. And I know what y'all look like together as a family. He likes lots of kids. He has no birth control. (laughs) And He will dwell among them. And they shall be His people. And God Himself will be among them. And He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. So He is building you into something awesome. And whether we realize this or not, it's individually and together. It's a city. Not, you know, that's just the closest metaphor He can come up with. Think of an old castle wall. You think of the medieval times. It's sort of like that. I see it in the Spirit. Each of you are stones, some bigger than the others, some smaller, some on the corner, some on the wall, some at the top, some at the foundation. He knows exactly where you should be. And it brings Him glory when we respond to Him rightly and say yes and then respond, okay, I'll work with that crabby uncle. I'll continue to hang out with him instead of getting mad, splitting the church and going somewhere else. Or getting mad and offended and say they hurt me down there. We're going to hurt you. You're going to hurt me. Not on purpose. I don't think anybody's going to do it on purpose. Did your mom hurt you? Did your dad hurt you? Did your brother hurt you? Did your sister hurt you? Did your employer at work hurt you? Your employees at work hurt you? Yeah, why? Because we're people. It's just the way life is. But maturity is saying... I'm going to grow through this and and walk in love even when they hurt me. Because very few times as people do it on purpose. We're just people. You know, how many times have I hurt my kids? Now, a mature one goes back and apologizes. Somebody hurts you in the church, go, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to. But that's family. If you're looking for nobody to hurt you, you're going to have to go get in a cave by yourself. Because nobody's that good. I know Dustin's pretty good, but somewhere he's probably going to hurt me. But I don't think he's going to do it on purpose, and I'm not going to do it on purpose with him, and that's what family's like. We stay in the wall. Right now, the church, the the wall of the church in America looks like this. It's probably about this. This is Craig speaking prophetically. It's probably about two stones high. 
instead of the wall against the enemy and the, and the attacks of the devil like it should be. See, we should be a wall to keep evil from coming in. We should be a wall to keep hurt from coming in. We're a wall that should be keep intrudes and false thinking from coming in. But it's not. The church is decimated right now. I don't care how big it is. When you look at the church across America and then you look at the culture, you realize there is no wall. There are many reasons. One reason is because the wall is about two stones high and the field is filled with stones who refuse to get on the wall. They're full of self and they're narcissistic. They may have a great relationship with God, but that doesn't help anybody else. We got to come together. <laughs> and we get in that wall and go together, we're going to be our part of the wall. See, relationship has, church has a part of the wall. It's not the wall. It's a small part of the wall, but it's a part of the wall. And then as we connect with other churches in the region, we build a bigger wall. And that's the way it works. That way it gives protection and honor. And so there's this individualistic mindset that the devil has given us that is keeping us from the defense of the gospel and keeping the enemy out all in the name of individualism, and it is not God. I don't care how many times you've met him in your recliner. Good. Meet him in your recliner. Get out of your recliner. Partner with somebody else so that we can tell other people how to meet him in their recliner. Does that make sense? We want all of it. We want it at the micro level and we want it at the macro level. We don't stop one. But I'm telling you, when I get out of my recliner and get around other people, I grow more than when I'm in that recliner. I may meet God more in the recliner, but I grow more around you guys. Why? Because Proverbs says, iron sharpens iron. I think I'm mature until I get married. How many of you thought you had it all together and then you got married and you realized, my God... She's really selfish. <laughs> and then God goes, shows you you're about as selfish as she, or more selfish than she is if you're a man flipping around the other way. Then we sort of got planed out. And then I thought, you know, I'm getting this under control. I'm not quite as selfish as I used to be. And then our first kid had colic for nine months. Until that happens to you, you have never delved into the depths of selfishness. <laughs> Does that make sense? And so, was it her fault? My fault? It's nobody's fault. It's human nature. That's just what life is. But the Lord used it in me to mature me, to grow me, that if I had never gotten married, and if I never had kids, I mean, I'm not saying I'd be in sin, but I'd be a whole lot more selfish and not even realize I was selfish. See, that stone... He chisels on you to get you in place in the right place in the wall. You get a stone out of the quarry, quarry, can't even talk right. It is not ready to be put into the wall yet. But he's getting you ready. How many of you feel like you've been chiseled on? And you go, this is not what I signed up for. I signed up for rainbows, unicorns, blessings, and everything else. Well, there are rainbows, unicorns, blessings, metaphorically. But he's also going to have to chip off and make some corners so that you can fit next to, to people. And it's a, but when it happens, the glory of God, God is glorified. Because he, he says to the devil, see, 
These people are looking like me. These people together are looking like me. These people are together are building my kingdom on earth. So what the devil does is he comes along and tries to pull you out of the wall. And then when he pulls you out of the wall, he sets you on fire and it's not God's fire. He tries to burn you up, ruin your life, create addictions, create uh, uh, financial hardships, create hurts and wounds so that you never want to get back into the wall again. And it works most of the time. The body of Christ in America, one reason we're scattered rocks all across the field is because of hurt. I don't think most of them are rebellious. Some are. Most of them are just hurt. There is such hurt and disappointment and discouragement and anger at, at this or that or this person, this authority figure at work or at church or in their home, and they're just hurt, and they're burnt stones. Have you ever seen pictures of um, uh, old castles that have been attacked by medieval you know, catapults or armies? You'll see stones all scorched all around the sides of them. What happens is you, did, you wouldn't think fire could bring down a castle, but it does. It just has to be strong enough and bright enough. And when it does, it cracks the stones and they fall out of place. All of us have had some burnt, have some burnt marks on us, don't we? I have burnt marks. You have burnt marks. And the key to the burnt marks is to not stay out in the field because then all we do is end up, it's, it's a spiral. You go down and down and down. And we have to, we have to realize, okay, we are burnt. Some of us are really burnt. Some of us, our stones are cracked. Okay? That's not God. It was never God. God created a perfect world. Man made it the way it is. Well, man, God could have kept it from that way. He could have, and He could also keep you from speeding. He could also keep you from lying. He could also keep you from yelling at your spouse, but He doesn't. He says, I believe in you enough And I've given you free will because I have free will. You're created in my image. It says in Psalms 25.2, The heavens belong to the Lord, but the earth I have given to man. The way the earth is, is because of us. Maybe not you, maybe not me, but us generically, mankind. But also, that eternal that's inside of you, He gives you the ability to start reversing it where you live, to start restoring your Garden of Eden, so to speak, where you live, with your spouse, with your kids. And it, it can, it'll take a lot of work, especially if there's a lot of burnt stuff. But let me tell you, God gets more glory. God gets glory out of burnt stones being put back into the wall. Because then He can go, devil, you gave your best, but mine was better. You thought you had them down but I brought them back up. Look at this verse. Nehemiah 4, verse 1. So here's the background. Nehemiah went back to Jerusalem. It was destroyed. There was no walls. He went back to rebuild the temple. I'm not going to tell the whole story. But you can see the metaphor, physical temple. There is no physical temple now. 
If we're not careful, we'll make places like this more important than they should be. These places are just meeting places because my living room is too small, especially with the band. The temple is you, and he's building something beautiful. It's much harder than building a physical temple because we keep squirming around and falling off the wall, and he has to pick us back up. And Y'all get the metaphor? Man, I thought we were going so good. All of a sudden, they're off over here doing this. But he's so patient and loving. Anyway, um, let's jump down to verse 2. We're jumping in the middle of this. People are making fun of Nehemiah. People around the, the countryside are making fun of him because he's... They don't think he can build this temple back, but he does it in, was it 52 days or 50-something? What are these? So they're making fun of him. What are these feeble Jews doing? Are they going to restore it for themselves? Can they offer sacrifices? Can they finish it in a day? Can they, now, here's the key part. Can they revive the stones from the dusty ground, even the burned ones? See, this was a temple that was destroyed and burnt. So good, man. You try to zero in. Going forward, he mentioned it, Johnny mentioned it a little bit last week. Where's the revival coming from? Where's the harvest in America coming from? It's going to come out of burnt stones. And all of us have been burnt to some degree or another. And He's cleaned us up. Let us never forget that we were once burnt. And He's going to revive us from the burnt stone. He's going to bring... There's going to be people coming in here that's going to be cracked, burnt. Can He revive them? Oh yeah. He loves those kind of stones better than anything. He's going to put those stones right in the middle of the wall and go... Look what I can do. Yes, you messed up my creation. They messed themselves up in their creation. But the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead has risen them, and they're in the wall. They're figuring out the right place with the right people doing the right purpose. Every one of you has the right people to be with and a right place, and a right purpose. Let me just real quick close with this story of the prodigal son. I hope you've heard, read the prodigal son. If I had more time, I would go into it, but I don't want to. I'm just going to summarize it. There was a rich father who had two sons, one of them a, a older and a younger son, obviously. And um, the younger son said, I want my inheritance now. He, went, he took his inheritance and he got burnt. Spend it all on wild living. Throw whatever it is. You can throw in your wild living. He ended up being broke. And the Scripture says he had a lot of friends while he had a lot of money. You'll find out who your friends are when you don't have money. Who had a... And um, he ended up no food, no money, a long ways from home. He was a burnt stone. The only job he could get was feeding the pigs. Have you ever seen a pigsty? At least on TV. It's not, you don't really see them too much around here, but we're too city-fied. 
If you've ever seen a pigsty, he was in a pigsty, and the only benefit was he didn't get paid. <coughs> he said you can eat the, 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 the food of the pigs. <clears throat> Finally, he said, I need to go back and see my father and humble myself. And, and burnt stones get in the right place through humility. There's no other way. And unfortunately, we don't learn that lesson until we're in the pigsty. If you're hurting today, if you're depressed today, you know how you get healed? We're going to talk about that. You run back to the Father and say, I cannot do it on my own. Pride was the fall of Lucifer in heaven. Pride was the fall of Adam and Eve in the garden. Pride is your number one enemy. But if you'll humble yourself and run back to the Father, He'll start cleaning up the stone. And you'll receive more than you could ever do on your own. So what happened? I'm summarizing the story. You can read it in Luke 15 this afternoon. It's a great story. As soon as that son started walking back, the father saw him and ran to him. So when you meet burnt people, you know what I mean by that. People that's at the bottom or people... I've met people that have everything. I remember remember the story of a man who, who was worth millions crying. He said, I'd give as much money as I could to have my, my kids not on drugs anymore. Money's not the answer. The Father's the answer. Running back to the Father and getting in relationship with Him. And so humility. And He gave His Son three things that you can only get from the Father. And the entire world is trying to get these three things now. I see Christians trying to get these three things without the Father. I see secular people, non-Christians, trying to get these three things without the Father. The first one is He came and He threw a robe around Him. This guy was dirty. He'd been in a pigsty. He didn't stop at the YMCA and take a shower. He threw a robe around him. And we could talk a lot about this. But a robe, it was a family robe to show he's still in the family. Not a servant's robe. He was accepted. He he showed him he's accepted. I'm telling you, the whole world is looking to be accepted. We're trying so hard to be accepted. Accepted in business. Maybe when I... And when I'm a manager, I'll feel accepted. That doesn't do it, except for a little while. You have the celebratory dinner. You figure out how to to spend your extra pay that you get. But then very quickly you go, I don't feel accepted. You cannot be accepted by the things you do or the places you go. You can only be accepted by the hug of the Father. And then once he hugs you, he puts on that metaphorical robe, that analogy of a robe, and he goes, you're still in the family. The whole world is looking for importance. It is absolutely amazing. I find myself looking for importance. We all want to be important. It's inside of us. It's created. You can't get away from it. But your importance comes by the Father saying, you are my son 
or my daughter, and I love you. And you only get importance met by a hug. I don't care how much money you make. It'll feel good for a little while, but then you'll go, I need more. It's a drug. I don't care how many women or men you have. It feels good for a little while because it says sin is pleasurable for a season, but then it'll go away. It's like a drug. The only way to feel important, and I hate it for teenagers. Teenage, man, this is the angst of teenagers. I mean, I was a teenager. Who am I? Where am I going? What value am I? You're not going to get it except to first realize you are accepted by the Father. And spend time in that recliner and let Him feel your love. And that's where acceptance comes. The second thing, He gave him a ring. A ring was a symbol of His authority in the family that the robe represented. That means He was affirmed. Every one of us needs to be accepted. Every one of us needs to be affirmed. But, you, but it's, a, it's a trick of the devil that you'll get it any other way except by the presence of the Father. But when you get it from the Father, you don't care about it in the world anymore. Because the first time He tells you, I love you, or you feel His presence, or feel His hug, or feel His peace, you go, this is worth everything else. Just think about yourself. If you're like me, maybe you're not like me, how much time I spend trying to feel important? Do I post on Facebook because I want to share memories or do I want to feel important? That's a deep question. Why do you post on Instagram, social, uh, Snapchat? Why do you post if you post? Do you want likes from people to give you a temporary pleasurable kick? Let me tell you, the quickest way to break that is just to stop it. And then you'll realize how important you, how, how you're trying to get. I don't care if you post, but I want you to feel important because the Father thinks you're important. Not because 48 people gave you a like that you don't even really know. You are more important than likes on Facebook. That's deep, isn't it? Start going through this week and go, why did I share this with my friends in a conversation? Of, did I do it because I want to share the experience and the good stuff? Or is it a humble brag? You know what a humble brag is? It's trying to make yourself look important in front of them. I'm not saying that's wrong. I'm saying it's very shallow and it will never make you happy. See, we want to break through and feel the acceptance of the Father and be affirmed by the Father. And the third thing he gave them was sandals. There's a lot of meaning to this, a lot of commentaries, but sandals means you've got shoes on your feet and you're going somewhere. He said, I'm giving you a robe. You're accepted into the family. I'm affirming you with this ring. Other people can see it. So that's the calling on your life. If you're walking with the Lord, you don't have to impress anybody. You don't have to do anything. You just walk with God and His calling is going to be on your life or not. 
Think of the pressure to never have to impress anybody anymore. Am I, am I the only one I'm talking to here? What freedom? What freedom? The sandals represented an assignment. All of us need three things. To be accepted, to be affirmed, and then an assignment. But the assignment should only come after the accepted or affirmed. Because if the Lord gives you an assignment, go do this, go say that now, you'll try to get your acceptance and affirmation from it. So sometimes the Father just says, wait. Yeah, but I'm used to doing. Yeah, and that's the problem. Why don't you just be for a little while? And then usually when you don't have to feel like you have to do anymore, then he gives you an assignment. I know this is heavy, but I feel like the Lord's wanting to give us new... Let's stand and I'm going to pray over you. Uh, Chuck, can you put the worship lights on and somebody who's ever here play the piano or guitar? Yeah, come on up here and play. Because I want you to touch the Father today. And for those of you that are new, I am so glad you're here. And you, you, thank you, Nick. And uh, Bobby and everybody else. And this isn't to condemn. This is to free you. Think about it. Have you ever been totally accepted by the guy that created the universe? Have you ever heard him tell you he loves you? He's going he's to redo your burnt stones and put you in the wall. And you're going to be something amazing that you could have never imagined with those around you. And so as they're playing, I'm just going to pray over you. And so, Father, I pray for every person here. It's been the theme of this today from the very beginning. But I pray for every person here that if they do not know Your love, if they're not even a Christian yet, then then if you're not a Christian, I want to pray with you at the end. Me and Johnny's going to pray for you. But if you're not a Christian, I want to tell you, you can know the Creator of the universe. He's not unknowable. He can, you can know Him. He's not off in the distance. You're not an evolved from some ape. You are created in His image. And so, Father, I pray right now, You show them how much You love them. And the things they are seeking in the world, the, the ways they've been burnt, the ways they've been taken advantage of. Some of you have been stabbed in the back, stolen from, betrayed, attacked, abused. None of that was the Father. And He wants to take those burnt marks and start cleaning you up. And He will. And you'll look like Him. And it'll be, it'll, it'll be a challenge as He cleans up but you'll feel His love and acceptance like never before. 
And so, Father, we just raise our hands. If you feel comfortable, do that. Just raise your hands or lift your palms up. And we say, in Jesus' name, just touch us. We don't. We want to live, even if we have a good life, we want to live a life even more after you. And Holy Spirit, just show them the Father. And Him hugging them and putting a robe around them, metaphorically speaking. Putting a ring on their finger and, and, and sandals on their feet. That they're accepted without doing anything. They just came, we just came from the pigsty. And you put the robe around us. Because it's not our job to clean ourselves up. It's just our job to run to the Father. And then you clean us up. If any of y'all want some prayer that maybe didn't get it earlier, I'll be up here. Me and Johnny will be up here. We love you guys. Just keep playing. Keep the lights down. If you want to talk...